Well, those showers will be easing off with sunny intervals. Uh, 29 degrees at the moment of the observatory. Relative humidity is 86%. And now we have Todd Harding with the news. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has said Beijing is considering measures she's put forward to boost Hong Kong's financial industry. In a post on Facebook, Mrs Lam said her ideas had been well received by Vice Premier Han Zheng and other central authorities. A former senior official has criticised Patrick Nip after the civil service minister reiterated that government employees have dual identities as they work for both the SAR and the nation. Mr Nip also reminded civil servants of the need for neutrality and warned against voicing opinions on social media that would lead people to think that they opposed government policies. Elizabeth Bosher, who served in the administration in the 1990s, said those comments were very unhelpful. I think it will just be a cause of great confusion, which is very sad at a time when there's already a lot of alarm and concern about the implications of the introduction of a national security law. It seems to me that our chief executive and her team should be bending over backwards to to reassure the community and the civil service in particular that they can put their hearts at ease as to what this is going to mean for them, not, not creating new issues and new sources of potential confusion. North Korea has said it will cut a hotline communication link with South Korea. The North Korean state news agency reported the move to end contacts after several days of threats to close an inter-Korean liaison office established two years ago to reduce tensions. Yesterday, South Korean officials said a daily phone call to the liaison office in the north went unanswered for the first time. Thousands of people in the U.S. state of Texas have paid their last respects to George Floyd, the man whose killing by police has sparked protests for racial justice around the world. A memorial was held at a church in Houston where Mr. Floyd grew up, and mourners are filing past his body. His funeral takes place later today. This woman said police brutality had to stop. I've been at the kitchen table with my uncles, my fathers, my brothers, all who have experienced racism by white police officers and nothing was done. I've had to unfortunately have very difficult conversations with my son in terms of, you know, when you're stopped by a white officer, the the goal is to walk away alive, uninjured. So, you know, it's time out for those conversations and it's time for real change. The Democratic Party candidate in this year's presidential election, Joe Biden, is among those attending. An Israeli archaeologist says new research shows that part of the Great Wall was built to monitor civilian movement rather than repel invading armies. Gideon Shalach-Lavi led a team that mapped the wall's 740-kilometre northern line, most of which is in Mongolia. He says the wall winds through valleys, is relatively low and close to paths, pointing to non-military functions. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. We're talking today about the anniversary of the anti-extradition protests. On June the 9th, 2019, organisers say more than a million people joined a largely peaceful demonstration against the proposed legislation on fugitive offenders. The protests, though, descended into violence after midnight when police, using batons and pepper spray hoses, tried to disperse small groups of protesters who hurled bottles and used metal barricades. The police put the march turnout 
240,000. Well, months of citywide protests followed. One year on, how have things changed? What effect has it had on our city? Why did the protests start? Why did they continue? And have they finished? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us on 233 That's 233-88266. Uh, uh, we've had a variety of uh, emails on uh, different topics, so several on uh, what's happening in America and on the national security legislation. I'm just going to put those aside for a, because today I wanted to focus uh, principally, I would say, on the matter of the anti-extradition protests, and there's plenty to talk about. Uh, Peter uh, says in an email, um, on the anniversary of anti-extradition protests, its hypocrisy has been fully exposed. Besides an attempted fascist revolution beating anyone who holds a different view into submission, their biggest achievement is the implementation of national security laws in Hong Kong. While the local organisers, supported by Taiwan, America and its Western allies, condemned the Hong Kong government and China for its response to the Hong Kong riots, calling them freedom fighters, the numbers and shocking images made clear the US has responded to its own anti-government uprising against institutionalised racism and social injustices with more force and less tolerance than Beijing, the Hong Kong government and the Hong Kong police force. Uh, Andrew Kay says, would it be fair to say that the many critics of China in Hong Kong have no clue what they're talking about since they've not visited China for years? The China they fear from years ago no longer exists. I lived and worked in China until a few years ago and I find their fears comical. I never experienced any of those circumstances they keep talking about. By the way, was there any proof that the bookseller was kidnapped off our streets. And uh, Richard says... On the extradition bill, the government proved its illegitimacy by trying to force the bill through. Sorry, Carrie, you can never have the rule of law when you fail to understand that term you so bastardised by misuse. The first rule of the rule of law is that you must have consent. As we know, everything imploded after that bill's introduction. You repeat your mistake with a security law opposed from above with no consent. The true rule of law can never be used dictatorially. That comes from Richard. Joining us for the uh, discussion, we have uh, for this part of the uh, programme, actually for the whole programme, Jackie Fung, who's a commentator and think tank uh, researcher, Avery Ng, who's chair of the Legal Social Democrats. Uh, joining us now is uh, Ho Lok Sang, also a senior research fellow at the Pan Su Tong Shanghai Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University, and uh, Nixie Lam uh, of the DAB will be joining us after the news at nine. Uh, Jackie Fung, let's start with you. Uh, why did it all start? <laughs> why did the protest start? I do think that the protest start because of this uh, anti-extradition protest or this law. But uh, I think the, the one that hit up the whole protest is not only because of the students and also the youngsters go on the street, but also the business people are trying to, um, trying to fight back. In fact, when we take a back, take a look back on the protest, it's nothing, uh, or it is not that started because of the Democrat, or also because of the young youngsters, because of the business chamber, they voice the, and the business and professionals alliance, yeah. they were expressing doubts, weren't they? Yeah. So th this is the first time I think in the Hong Kong, maybe in the last decade, that uh, the youth and also the business people are joined hand together, join in this protest. So uh, maybe we see that in the later on, uh, there's a lot of youngsters going caught and also there are lots of violence uh, caused or being harmed uh, on the on the youngsters or by the youngsters. But in fact, uh, at last year today, 
the protest is not only about the young people and also the Democrat, but this is also about the, the business people. I think it is really interesting in the last year it happened there and in this year we have a national security law i think it might be um the business people and also the democrat will be aligned together one more time yeah um jackie you were talking about the first phase um of the um protest of of the whole unrest uh um i remember that i remember even the general chamber of commerce um you know well they were not very happy liberal party was not very happy and then uh but they quickly changed their stance uh mm. i think in july august i remember cafe pacific allowed um you know their pilots to to say whatever they said at the cockpit mm. but then later on they were sanctioned Yes, but at the same time, the business people trying to uh, stop the the purchase of the land in in Kowloon, and also they, of course, their their statement will be more mild and more pro Beijing. But at the same time, we know that the the sentiment in the uh, business people, they are. I don't think they are, are talking what they are thinking about. So take a look of the uh, of the pro Beijing business people. At the first time, the pro Beijing uh, committees in the. Uh, in, um, I think they will. They they go to the uh, uh, liaison office and take the lectures and voice out that they all support this uh, anti extraditions law. But after they come out of the liaison office, one of the uh, business people trying to stop the purchasing of the land. So so that is what happened in business in in the last year. So we can see that uh, there's a uh, millions of people go on the street. Uh, I don't think there are lots of lots of them, or maybe only half of them is only a, a Democrat. Because in the last few years, Democrat always holds the protest. I I think Mr. M do do think so, because uh, the the Democrat holds the post that they're, they're not that large in scale. So. I think deep down inside, this is not a protest about uh, youngsters, the Democrat, but also the concern of the business people. And did that hold true for the period, the whole period of the demonstrations? Because we had like six months of demonstrations in the end, or something. Or did it change its nature? I, I do think. I do think uh, because uh, I think it changed. I think they do think because uh, at the at the beginning of the phase, there is more peaceful uh, protest, but in the last few months, there have been more violence. Some business people may change their stand because they want stability, but they change their stand doesn't mean that they they supporting the anti uh, extradition law, but also they are concerning about the Hong Kong, also the, their commitment in Hong Kong. That's why in the next phase, I think is in is the national security law. So that that means this year, this year. and the business people they. they try to voice out but in a very subtle way for example they try to sell their uh, land and also they try to sell their business even though this business have been in Hong Kong for decades as a family business so um, as a business sector uh, uh, they, they protest doesn't look like the same as the Democrat and also the youngster. They won't go out the street. They won't go to uh, sign the under petitions. Also, they will not go to violence. But the business people protest in a very materialistic way by selling their lands and leaving Hong Kong. Well, and, not to, and they were also um, talking and negotiating with the SAR government uh, behind the scenes. Uh, for example, I remember that uh, the bill was a bit watered down, yeah. um, you know, at one stage. Yeah. And and some some people were happier, but I think the the businessmen were very um, you know very uneasy about the anti extradition bill altogether. Yeah, they they're, they're not easy to please actually. So, but uh, because of this watered down of the bill, it shows that the business have uh, already showed a concern in the mm. in the beginning of stage. 
Holok Sang, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, why do you think the protest started? Do you think that they changed their nature, their character, uh, in the course of the protest? Well, I think there was a lot of uh, um, fear-mongering, okay? And, uh, and uh, uh, fear is difficult to uh, um, say that it's irrational because uh, fear is fear. You know, if people fear, people fear, right? So um, I had uh, made a suggestion that uh, the government should address those fears. In particular, I had suggested that uh, uh, anyone to be extradited to the mainland has to be uh, has to go through a a court with jury, okay, with jury. I suggested that uh, you you need a, a maybe a two third majority or even more, okay, uh, of Hong Kong people agreeing that uh, this particular person need to be extradited uh, back to the mainland, okay. That 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 case is well established, and and I think if you have a Hong Kong jury. A majority, uh, a big majority, like two thirds. Okay, then people's fears can be arrest, uh, can be put to to rest. And I also recall that there had been other suggestions saying that, well, uh, those two who uh, are to be extradited should be mainland people only. Hong Kong people should be tried in Hong Kong. And I think uh, um, these issues, these ways to address fear, is quite uh, workable. And I'm extremely disappointed that the government did not take this up. You see, the suggestions have been made, you know, by by uh, Chan Hong Yi and, uh, and myself, and um, um, the government know know about these suggestions, and they know of the fears of the community, and they didn't address them, and they just thought thought that well, it, as long as I, I uh, we explain, then people will will understand or. If it is uh, passed into law, and the effective implementation will uh, uh, will assure people, then that uh, the fear is not justified. Okay, but this is uh, trying trying to force the issue, and and, and that is uh, uh, very unpopular. How, how much does it how much does it come down to a a, a error of judgment on the part of, of Carrie Lam. Uh, there's this very interesting speech that she gave in, in, in late August to, to business people, where it looks yeah, like, to be honest, a lot of very uncomfortable truths come out. I mean, and I, and I read it with, with great interest. And one of the things she points to there, she says, a huge degree of fear and anxiety amongst people of Hong Kong vis-a-vis -vis the mainland of China, which we were not sensitive enough to feel and grasp. Do you think that's kind of at the at the at the core of a lot of the problems that there is a, a an underlying fear, as you say, and mistrust of the mainland in Hong Kong, and the government pretends it's not there. Yeah, um, I am saying or, that or is not aware is, of it. The fear is real, and the fear was spreading. But what is feared may not be real. Okay, but uh, you cannot say that because it's not. What is feared is not real. Then, so, then, 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 then you can dismiss that. And I'm saying that as long as the fear is real, the government has to address that. And the government failed to address that. Uh, uh, and even though uh, good suggestions have been made uh, that can uh, directly address those problems, and and uh, I'm very disappointed the government was so stubborn. 
Well, there, there was a you know very short few weeks uh, in late August to September when you know the government actually tried to build up a dialogue office and conducted the first. And, uh, Had a dialogue first, office. It's just they? one, one dialogue, one you know public dialogue at the Queen Elizabeth Stadium. But then it stopped, and then everything turned very nasty you know, from the first October onwards. Yeah, that 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 so-called dialogue is not something uh, useful at all. You see, uh, uh, because a dialogue is not is not a, a, a substitute, you know, for uh, real measures that can address the fear. I mean, this is okay. This is this unfortunately, very unfortunately, you know, at, at, at those uh, at those uh, so-called dialogues, uh, you, you know, uh, um, um, some people, some people who who came out to speak um, uh, uh, in defense of the government's position, you know, some some of them eventually got uh, got hit, you know, uh, somehow, you know, by 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 people who who. Who disagree with them, and that's very unfortunate. And and people, people wouldn't come out, you know. And uh, and that that is a very uh, uh, poor uh, way of conducting the uh, the uh, uh, de- dealing with the problem. What, why why did they turn sour the protests? You started with those largely peaceful mass demonstrations, massive scale, and well, they ended as we know they ended. What happened? that the government was trying to force its hand and and i think that is very very stupid you know because just thinking that uh you've you've got a majority then uh, then you're in a position to force your hand i think that is very silly you know because uh that that is going to make people stand against you and mass i mean that's why that you're saying that's why the protests went sour why the um, protests became more violent yeah the the protests became more more violent, definitely. Uh, uh, that that has to do with the government's uh, uh, attempt to force the issue, okay. and I think that uh, uh, trying to force the issue is far worse than uh, 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 addressing directly the uh, 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 the problem of fear, you know, which is real and which was spreading, and some of some of that fear was spreading uh, uh, through all kinds of rumors and uh, propaganda that is uh, very very. Uh, very unfortunate. Okay, Avery, good morning to you. Good morning. Um, same question, why do you think it started? Why do you think it went wrong like that? Uh, I think we have to look back more than a year ago. Like, uh, remember early last year, uh, before the uh, extradition bill, the whole of Hong Kong was, uh, well, especially for the Democrats anyway, we, we have been helpless. Uh, we, we could not really uh, stop uh, what uh, Carrie Lam was trying to do with the you know, multi-billion dollar or trillion dollar uh, infrastructure projects. And, and, and even uh, especially the youngsters, they, they just felt hopeless. Uh, you know, ever since the umbrella uh, movement, uh, because you know, they, they, they just did not know what to do in order to achieve universal suffrage. And, and lo and behold, that's the uh, extradition bill of the blue from Carrie Lam. And if re- people remember, today is not like the first anniversary of the movement uh, because the anti-extradition bill movement started around March uh, or April. Mm. And remember, there was a uh, the Human uh, uh, Rights Front uh, actually uh, hosted a couple of uh, more uh, marches before June. And I think in April, there was the turnout was only like tens of thousands. 
but it's throughout those you know, May and June, uh, the, that period where uh, the whole of Hong Kong people saw that, hey, hang on, there's something's wrong with the extradition bill, not only from the business uh, point of view, but in the way that Carrie Lam was introducing the bill uh, to the point where uh, she doesn't really care whether uh, the, uh, the pro-establishment doesn't really care whether they will adhere to the uh, rules and procedures of the legislation, uh, uh, legislative council. So people think that, hey, something's fishy and something's wrong. And when uh, we dive into the details, then the fear starts to kick in. And it's a reasonable fear. It's not unfounded fear on on the personal safety of our lives, uh, you know, rather than just you know uh, the, 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 the money in our, in our budget or in our reserves. So that reignite people's uh, motivation, uh, especially young, young, young uh, uh, people, in that, hang on, we... We cannot just stop and not fight because otherwise, uh, basically the, the the general expectation of the public is, even though we know that probably we were able to stop the bill, we still have to come out and fight regardless. So so if you remember, even on the you know, after the uh, 9th of June, the million march, right? You know, there's a record number turnout now, a million people. Before the protesters actually went home, We've already uh, saw Carrie Lam's statement in saying that she's going to push ahead with, with the bill. Mm -hmm. what, what about what about this? The, 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 the government did make lots of mistakes, and they've admitted they did admit at the time that they made lots of mistakes. Yeah. And the and chief executive was very contrite uh, in comments that she made on July the first, and in those comments that she made in private, she said um, uh, I, what I did was unforgivable. Unforgivable. She that was that was her word to describe the the, the, the government's actions. So that was one thing, but by the end, by December, the protests had become something else and, and they had taken on international dimensions, it had taken on the separatist element, it had taken on the extreme violence uh, and so on. Now, so maybe it started with the government in the wrong, but it finished with the protesters to, to, in the wrong. To put it short, uh, it was too little too late. Uh, now, even on the day, uh, on the 12th of June, hmm. where the whole of Hong Kong were helpless and thought that the bill was going to pass, and the pro-establishment really wanted uh, it the bill to pass on the day, that uh, only because of the protesters uh, surrounded the electrical that we managed to, you know, uh, uh, hold up the, the the bill. But on that day, or ever since then, then there's another whole issues of uh, uh, with police brutality and violence, the increase of it. So and and then subsequently, you you've seen the more increased level of violence from you know a, a small fraction of, of uh, protesters as well, and those are a direct response to pol police brutality. So Carrie Lam, did she apologize? Yes, like I don't know weeks after, uh, and whilst she's keep on apologizing. Was at the same time the police keep on you know, shooting tear gases or even real bullets to to kids that further angers the public. So, if you look look at the whole thing in perspective for, throughout those six months, is it is it has been a very uh, from the protesters' side anyway. Mostly it has been a very reactionary response to the to the government. Now, even if Carrie Lam finally withdrew the the, the bill uh, uh, and 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 apologized. In a way, um, she really didn't uh, address people's concern. I mean, even today now, uh, she doesn't really uh, did, uh, proactively uh, resolve uh, police violence. Mm -hmm. Rather, she kept on encouraging it.
and that is the uh, core issue here. Well, Avery, I think that's the point, right? That it's that um, you know uh, there are more demands uh, than just a simple apology. Uh, so there's mm. a demand of uh, setting up a committee of inquiry. There is a demand that you know we have to look into police violence. Uh, but she really um, uh, did not respond to to these demands at all. No, I mean the only demand she she uh, she responds was uh, uh, finally after weeks uh, withdrew the extradition bill, and you know well uh, a year later we've got a a, a, uh, na- a national security law on our hand. Uh, so from time and time again, you never really see any gesture from the government or from CCP or from Hong Kong government for a real constructive dialogue or even any platforms for reform. There, there was none. All right, a couple, couple of comments from listeners. Paul says, the 2019 protests in Hong Kong were a complete failure. Not only did they cripple Hong Kong financially, they encouraged a disrespect for the police, transformed our environment so that we feel like caged animals, and worst of all, they've led to the new proposed security laws whose aim of protecting Hong Kong against foreign attacks and internal rebellion sound remarkably similar to that of the Committee for Public Safety implemented by France during the Reign of Terror. That's during the French Revolution. It's therefore plain that whoever started the violent protests were either idiots or agents provocateurs. That comes uh, from Paul. And Drake says it was police brutality plus uh, collusion with thugs, i.e. turning a blind eye to mobsters' attack on protesters, which transformed the movement into a violent one. That's uh, Drake. Um, Holok Sang, what do you think about the role in the police? Did this turn into a protesters versus police uh, battle uh, when it started off as something else? Or how would you read it? Well, first of all, I would say that uh, this uh, allegation that the police, uh, uh, about police brutality is not really quite justified, you know, because uh, um, um, you you may recall that one Sunday, uh, so many people, so many protesters uh, went on this uh, street and and uh, there, it, it was very massive you know and there was no violence on the on the part of the protesters and there was no no police brutality you see uh, each time that uh, 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 so-called uh, uh, police brutality uh, occurred was actually reactive you know I would I wouldn't say that it is uh, uh, I, I wouldn't agree with the uh, the other gentleman saying that uh, uh, that the, uh, uh, the the violence is uh, reactive. It's not reactive, you know. It's uh, it's uh, uh, the the police violence is uh, is reactive. You know, if you have more violence, then the police has to step up. And um, um, of course, um, I cannot say that uh, all the police officers um, um, follow uh, all the rules uh, uh, well. Uh, there are certainly some. Um, some cases of, of deviance from from established rules, and um, and I have been agree. Uh, I've been saying that there should be an independent commission of in, of inquiry, not just the, uh, for the uh, uh, into police brutality, so-called police brutality, but uh, in uh, to the whole um, uh, um, um, the the whole affair. You see the whole fiasco, and you see I've been. Okay. pleading, you know, for an independent commission right from the first day. And I understand that quite a number of pro-establishment 
uh, people also had had pleaded with the government that okay. there should be an independent commission. All right, and, we, we, and, we, we, and I think uh, that's very disappointing. All right, Professor Ho, we've just got a little, couple of minutes before the news at nine. I wanted to hear your thoughts finally on on, on public opinion, on the question of, of public opinion, um, because if you look at polls, if you look at the result of the uh, district council elections, if you look at the size of the turnout on the marches and, and so on, uh, you get the impression, and subsequent polls as well, you get the impression that most people in Hong Kong were sympathetic to the protests and to the protesters, uh, even through until this year. Is, is that true? Do you agree with that? And what do we? Uh, what follows from that? Well, you see, people are frustrated. I'm frustrated myself. You see, so I do not blame them. But I, I would say that uh, uh, the uh, those people who ask for. Uh, uh, Independence and those people who seek uh, American support—I think that's extremely silly. You see, and, and, and it's these things that that, that actually provokes Beijing to take this step. You know, it's you know, as far as Beijing is concerned, they they have uh, no choice. You see, when when you have when you have uh, violence uh, stepping up all the time and uh, destroying Hong Kong's business environment, you know. Um, 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 making people fear for their own personal safety, how can you uh, uh, tolerate this? You see, and when you have uh, people from Hong Kong going to Amer America and, and seeing uh, uh, um, uh, 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 very senior officials in, 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 in America uh, trying to get their help to sanction Hong Kong, and I think that is totally unacceptable, and, they, and Beijing has to do this. Okay. Well, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us this morning. Um, once again, a Senior Research Fellow at the Pan Sutong Shanghai Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University, Nixie Lam from the DAB, joining us after the news at nine. And we want to hear from you, of course. Uh, call us, 233-88266, join the conversation, uh, or comment on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, uh, or email us, backchat at rthk.hk. Emails, of course, uh, we can't read them all out, and uh, those we do may be edited for length and uh, re relevance. Uh, we're going to break now for the news at nine. The weather first, mainly cloudy with occasional showers and some thunderstorms still around. The showers easing off with sunny periods around later. The latest readings, 29 Celsius and the relative humidity is up at 84%. This back chat on a Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're looking back on the anti-extradition protests of uh, last year, uh, which started, or in some ways uh, uh, started, uh, at this time. On this day uh, in 2019, when more than a million people joined a demonstration against the proposed legislation on fugitive offenders, we're looking at uh, the causes, what happened to the, to the protests in, in the course uh, of the uh, six months in which they lasted, more or less, uh, with uh, Avery Ng, who's chair of the Legal Social Democrats, Jackie Fung, a commentator and think tank researcher, and Ho Lok Sang was joining us in the first part of the programme. We're also joined now by Nixie Lam, who's a former Chunwan District Council and a DAB member. Um, if you want to join in, call us, 233-88266. We'll put you on air. Or you can uh, comment on our Facebook page, that's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. Uh, or you can always uh, email us, backchat at rthk.hk. Emails, uh, not all emails, will we'll get it read out, and uh, they may be edited for length 
truth and relevance. Let's see some uh, comments on uh, Facebook. Uh, Tom says, in 2018, everyone was busy posting lunch pics and focusing on their careers, and they were distinctly not thinking about the capital letters CCP. Back then, no one would have predicted two years later they would be filing social media with political views and existential outrage. Today, young people seem to blindly believe mainland China is a North Korean-like prison society and in devotion to the cause, avert their eyes from the fact that Chinese have been travelling the world, actually have email, mobile phones, text messaging and outside of a few sites being blocked, the internet are 1.4 billion people with opinions. Go online and talk to them. That comes from Tom, uh, of course, Backchat and RTHK being one of the sites that is blocked. Uh, TC says, um, the greatest takeaway that day was that the Carrie Lam administration is uninterested in rational dialogue with the public. The same night after the said protest, the government announced it was going to continue the second reading of the Fugitive Offenders Ordinance Amendment, acting as if one million protesters didn't exist. I may not be engaging in radical protest, but I understand why it got to that. That's from TC. Uh, and Nig uh, just says, may I take a tiny moment from your show to wish David Webb, who is your occasional guest, all the very best in his recovery. I've no doubt he will come back stronger. Thank you. That comes from Nig, and so say all of us. I just echo that comment. Wish all the best, of course, for uh, David Webb. Uh, Drake, in an email, says, Carrie might have admitted that the government had made many wrong moves, but no one had admitted there's police brutality, unlike how the US is responding to police brutality. That comes uh, from Drake. Once again, backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, Nixie Lamb, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. What are your thoughts looking back, uh, you know, on a year of the, the beginning of the protests? Do you think that they, they, they changed their nature uh, uh, over the six months or so that they lasted, that they started being about one thing and that they ended being about, you know, several other things? Yeah, totally. I mean, the, um, the purpose has been changed since the 9th of June, basically, uh, like 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 you can you can see the bits and pieces at the protest turned into violence, and uh, I know a lot of people are always mentioned about police brutality, but they are turning a blind blind eye on on how the protesters turned rioters behave. I mean I mean when we're talking about like two years ago. People are posting photos on Instagram on on their uh, daily lives. You wouldn't know that, like uh, like in 2019, that um, gas bomb would be something that would would say, oh, that's normal for a protest. I mean, like that kind of thing is totally outrageous. What what happened is, um, you see a bunch of irresponsible politicians trying to push people to go out and say, hey, well, this is the right thing to do, and let's just make it happen and. If the more violence you can do, you can basically push the Chinese government to respond to you and maybe give you independence in, in some way. And that sort of conversation, I mean, they know, as a politician and as experienced politician, they know very clearly what that will lead to. It will not lead to independence for Hong Kong. It will not lead to any peaceful or unharmful um, situation for ordinary people going to up to the front line and you can see a lot of conversation online encouraging kids to go out and to say well that is only fire magic it is not um burning down cities around like burning the, the beach it is just fire magic just go and play just like the video game you play i mean that kind of thing is just unacceptable i mean um there is a, a, a some, some of the steps that a response from the government is not that it's not okay 
as well. But but one thing is, though, as a politician, you really need to be responsible to what will happen and what you're encouraging. I mean, it is very funny if you're looking at once the Chinese government to say, okay, we're 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 having this security law coming up, and then all of a sudden, the way on on the politicians are putting things out are totally different, and it's becoming funny. Like, oh, this is not going to happen. This is a romantic situation, a romantic aim. Well, you didn't say that two months ago. You didn't even say that two days ago. I mean, I don't know. Like, a lot of people are not very familiar with the pol- political situation in Hong Kong, and they have this dream or, uh, or, 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 or things that uh, they, they didn't really know how to respond. And, of course, a lot of people in Hong Kong didn't even read the basic law, for instance. I mean, we have a lot of we have a lot a large gap. Uh, what we need to fill in, um, knowledge base, um, and how to respond and things like that. I think, but, but it's just just sad to see Hong Kong becoming like this. Really, um, I mean, pushed to this point, and what we have become, and it's this, this tears between people. Conversation has been stopped. Um, I see a lot of people like with relationships, with just friendly relationships, like this. this talking because they have like really strong political views that shouldn't happen in this way and it needs to be like restored or recovered and and i'm glad to see like a lot of the protests were being quiet down a bit recently so nixie you uh, you were saying that um you think um you know the young people went out to the streets because there were politicians uh sort of fanning things at the back and you know pushing them to go that out is part of it. i think they, they have their cravings and they, they have their, their, their freedom to go out to the streets and, and and just express their views but not in a violent way that has been my point since the beginning of the protest until now but you do see a lot of the politicians going out and like demonstrating to the students that you can go and provoke the police in front line. You can see a lot of the legislature by the opposition side. They stand in front of the line and standing and showing to the people, this is how I do it. Like it is a game. Avery, is that how it happened? No, no. Well, well, I I, I couldn't comment on it for one thing because I was in jail. Looking at all the live, live, Demonstration. I mean, only only what after after the the, the 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 pandemic getting a little bit better, you see politicians going to ISC, uh, standing in front of the line and yelling to the policemen. Hey, Nixie, I think I have to step in and correct you pointing on to that. their faces and uh, start yelling and humiliating them in front uh, of them. And that is a clear demonstration on how they're trying to provoke and make the situation worse. All like, right. Okay. If you look yeah. At what did you ask? Uh, Nixie, uh, I, I think I have to step in. I, I, I think a you've been mischaracterizing uh, many of the legislators. They, they were on the front line. Pass, but they won't oh. go and provoke the police together. Okay. That is the major difference. Okay, Nixie, right? hang on, hang on. If hang you look on. at what is happening in U.S. these days, a lot of politicians and, and and it's funny enough, a lot of the politicians also come up and say, oh, this is not okay 
to use violence against policemen as well. Well, they didn't, they didn't even say that last year when that happens in Hong Kong. Okay. Right. So, hang, hang on, Nixie, let, let Avery make his point. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Nixie just mischaracterized uh, some of the legislators who actually went on the street. Uh, even when there were uh, some violent protests, uh, they were there uh, to, as a mediators to try to uh, stop, well, basically, uh, police violence as well as some of the protesters' action. But then at the end, uh, even some of the uh, legislators are now being uh, prosecuted. And I think, I think, hang on. Uh, and I think I have to what also correct. To I think I also have to correct that. If you look at back at the footage, he go and pointing and yelling to the policeman, and that has been happening for the last ten months. Yeah, the all right. Or whatever. Okay. It, uh, can it I step in? Well, that actually happened, right? And not once, not twice. Now I think every single time. Now we I, I think the, we need to clarify one thing is that for this protest is that that is a lot of live situation that everybody in Hong Kong can open their eyes and see and look at what is happening. I think I'm grateful for that. I think I understand what, what both of you said. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Can, can, I, can I have Jack, a full Jack, stop on that? Yeah, yeah, I, I can, Jackie I Fung, can yeah. have a, some step in. And I, I do think that I'm not a pro-democrat, actually. But I do oh. agree with Mr. M that uh, you can see in the last few months about the Lashko protests, even in the Lashko, uh, uh, the Lashko member are trying to be more mild, but being complained by the supporter become not that violent. So I do think in on the level of violence, the protester is more violent than the pro-democrat parties, actually. But in fact, when, when I step back, uh, when we take a look of the topics today, it's like, uh, the first year anniversary, I do think that uh, if Ms. Lam complaining, the, pro, the politicians are too naive and too funny in her word, saying that uh, they didn't take a look of the violent process and turn out into a national security act. So I, after a year, I do think that the first happened in this case is uh, Mr. Chen Tongkai and also the murderer and also of the, the case, which is handled by the AB parties. I think after a year, do you think that this is... a lot of politicians and Karen oh, did right, okay. a really good job. I mean, I am also very angry at how she came up at, in the middle of the night and come out and say, oh, we're going to do it anyway. This All is right. not how you have to respond. Let's just go one question. Do you think that, that DAB is quite naive well. to, to handle and, the case of the Mr. Chenton guy? And we are not going back to history and claiming on who is, who is, is the one that is responsible. And if you're asking my opinion on how it would turn into violence at this, at this level, and I give you an answer. That is how a lot of politicians are trying to approach, like, like, at, like advocate using violence is okay this is this is fire magic it's okay i mean if, oh if you burn down a person that's okay that's only movie like that guy didn't get burned like so, you, you see a lot of information like that or, or even you say oh like a, a lot of like fake news is floating around i mean come on mtl stations 31st of august i heard people saying that 600 people died there but Nixie, without a committee of inquiry, we would never know what happened on the 31st of August. And I think um, that is oh, a sore point. Yeah, that yeah. that was an important a, date as well. Investigation needs to be looked into as, yeah. a, as a holistic situation, Can not pushing down to the police yeah, yeah. and not releasing all the protesters. I mean, this, that's a totally double standard there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of politicians is coming out to say, okay, we are going to apply for amnesty for all the protesters, but not 
anyone that is included in the situation. What about the, the, the taxi drivers that's been forced to come down because he, he's been stopped in the streets, he, got, he can't do it, he tries to get away, and he's, yeah. he's now being sued. He's one of the victims, come on. Like, yeah, a lot okay. of people, uh, like, Nixie, been Nixie, okay, I mean, if we are looking at, like, situation, I am totally okay to have a start starting point discussion on amnesty for everybody. But are everybody ready? I don't think at the Hong Kong situation at this moment are ready for that. All right, Nixie Lam, can I put a bit different point to you? Uh, in that speech which uh, the, the, the chief executive gave to the business people in, in late August, which was re- reported, um, uh, it was leaked uh, effectively, um, uh, she did say that uh, once the issue, uh, once the protests had become is- uh, elevated to a national level, once Beijing had become involved, her space for political action was very, very, very limited. So basically the, the Hong Kong government's hands were tied um, and they had to react in a, in a particular way um, uh, uh, because the protesters uh, invoked, you know, called on America and they marched with American flags and they sang American anthems and so on. They uh, framed it as a matter of independence uh, and, and so on. Do you think that that was kind of the turning point, that that was when uh, it, it changed its character once it became elevated to a national level and it really then it became out of the hands of the chief executive and the Hong Kong administration. Do you agree with that? I agree with that, but she cannot claim 100% on the protesters. One of the reasons why it would turn, turn into totally out of control is because the government are very responding very disappointingly, okay? Even though we are from the uh, uh, pro-establishment side, we are very disappointed every time when something violence happens. The team of the uh, Hong Kong SAR government would just come out to the to, to any press conference and say, oh, this has to be stopped, we need to condemn this, but without any action responding to that or any form of, like, we can't even see a way how they can stop that. I think what, that is one of the leading points to, to for for people to think. Well, well, how can we stop that? I mean, yeah. we cannot have Hong so, Kong keep on doing that. So she cannot blame a hundred percent to the protester. Everybody is into this, and everybody is responsible. And one of the what part of that r- responsibility is on the Hong Kong SAR. They are supposed. I mean, Hong Kong government is supposed to be supposed to have their way and their rule of law or whatever to control yeah. this but they, they didn't do a good job at all mm. i mean or, or they, they're not even responding much i think there's I mean, all, there there's a lot of parties like where, <laughs> that we have missed not only the government also the protester but also the pro-beijing parties and yeah, also the, the DAB, right the, uh, Nixie, including the Nixie, DAB, your, your party and also the well, members is, of the political consultant if you want to uh, respond to my party we are not doing a good job as well okay. i'm also angry like not, not only what, the party. What, what happened to in the first first two first months or two months? Not much legislator from my side come out and and and, and say much really. And also the I members mean, of the political consultative uh, the, the conference, because at the like, same time when the, are, uh, hang on, next day, wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah. At first we can say that the DB handled the case. Might be it turns out into a protest, but I don't think the Pope Beijing legislator 
do voice out to saying that that might happen and turned out to be a mass violence. But at the same time, I think in June or in May, uh, there's a, a meeting called by the liaison office and all the members of the political consultative conference, including the Beijing party's members, go to the liaison office and talk about this kind of law. And they come out to be pro this bill even though the, uh, the business people will withdraw the purchasing of the land or even the giving up the deposit. But I do think the signs are very obvious. So why the pro-Beijing party didn't voice out to Beijing, to Hong Kong government, to others? So what do you oh, think about that? That is something we, mean that we may don't know, because you don't know whether we say yes or no in that meeting, but you only know the final decision. Mm, you better if you ask your chairman. That, if you want to go back to that, the top guy's gone. They changed the top guy. From the yeah. well, you just <laughs> asked so you can voice out this is transparent, yeah. I think. I that. Mean, you can, you mean, can voice out your that's voice. That's a responsible move, to my, point, to, to my opinion. That's a, that's a very yeah. responsible Actually, move. I think it, you are it, the minority it, in DAB. You should just like, <laughs> quit. I'm right? always the minority. <laughs> I, want to, I, I want to talk about things that, that is sensible. And, and I mean, I have my own views. You guys have and your I, own I think, views. I, I think one, 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 one point I have to clarify is that uh, it's from the uh, pro-Beijing camp. It has always uh, tried to brand the whole anti-extradition bill movement into a separatist or Hong Kong independence movement. Now, uh, obviously, there, there's minority of, of protesters who, who's been waving those flags and you know, calling for Donald Trump. But it's the tiny sliver of the, the whole movement. And we, sh- we shouldn't uh, just uh, basically view the whole thing as, oh, because it's, uh, there's uh, American involvement or, 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 or people who, who some of them may have won, won, won for uh, Hong Kong independence, then dismiss the, the whole issue, so the, the whole social divide. Um, uh, and and f- for a responsible government or a responsible uh, Avery, chief executive. May- Avery, maybe you're not as young as you think you are. Uh, and maybe your party is not really in touch with what the people on the front line, what the Valiants are really thinking. No, no, but and uh, and for them, I think uh, for a lot of them, Hong Kong independence is a central theme. Now, uh, for them, uh, for for the kids, maybe many of them would would, would like to have uh, Hong Kong independence, but not in the process of well, the the, the whole. Remember the whole movement initially. I, I think. Even before September, there weren't any flags or very little about Hong Kong. I think in the last year of June, the kids is going to Shenzhen and drink the bubble. Yeah, kids. exactly. <laughs> so, so the the, the yeah. voice, the the, the the urge for Hong Kong independence is more a, a direct reaction in that. Uh, well, because we cannot do anything, and then uh, the police brutality keep uh, uh, coming up. Uh, so, so they're trying to find a way or create a way in saying that oh, maybe independence is a path for our safety. Now that that's you know, up to debate, uh, but we shouldn't. Uh, you know, even the the, the demand and re, uh, demand what, is what, what sort I'm of is, What I'm suggesting is that the 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 the, the front of the, um, the the point of the uh, of the pyramid, or whatever you want to put it, mm. uh, they may be few in numbers, but uh, you know, I think they have a lot of sympathy. Uh, yeah, and of they course. have a lot of support, even in the general public. Yeah, they yeah, have, yeah. A certain, a certain amount of sympathy yeah. for them, and and they, to be honest, are not are not very connected to the pan-democrats and not very connected even to previously radical parties um, like your own. They have their own ideas and they're their own agenda. 
Yeah, yes, uh, maybe, but then it, it shouldn't be. A, it is still not a representative and that, and that of when, the majority view. And that when um, Legco was invaded and ransacked and, and smashed up, that surprised everyone, and that surprised the legislators as well. And we had pan Democrats who were trying to stop them people getting in mm. and were, were thrown aside. I was, I was well, well I, I, I guess I'm the minority now. And that, I wasn't that, there was a quantum leap there that yeah, yeah. Just took everyone yeah. by surprise, and he took you by surprise. No, no, well, I, 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 no. Uh, well, I. I'm the minority in the pro-democrat. That I wasn't surprised, <laughs> uh, uh, even though I was in jail at the time. Uh, that it is a very direct reaction towards uh, the the failure of the the system itself. It's not like they don't uh, they distrust the uh, democrats. It's just that the young people now know that even the legislative council itself. Cannot really do much structurally, but also this is also an evidence, uh, evidence that the pro-democrat is not controlling the the protest because the protesters is more violent and also more yeah. uh, maybe more more active than the yeah. legislative members. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so I mean, uh, so in in viewing this uh, social divide and uh, social movement, we cannot really simplify into. You know, two sides or radical versus conservative. Uh, it's very multifaceted, and for any responsible government who want to resolve these issues, we really need to have a structural, constructive dialogue, and 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 a platform for uh, really making some uh, fundamental reform and changes, especially on the political side. Otherwise, you you, you can't do much. Well, but with um, I think everyone should start that. I mean, not only the government. I mean, um, politicians, legislators, like or, or the new district councillors, they should start considering a way or different layers of ways to try to resolve this. Yeah, can you? It's possible for the government itself because I mean, <laughs> I mean seriously, if Carrie Lam sent out an invitation letter, I don't know how many people. She can actually yeah, invite the talk to her. True. Nixie, can you can you call up Starry Lee and just tell her that? <laughs> she knows that. Come on. Oh. No, Nixie, I was going to say that, uh, you know, most young people now have complete lost trust with our government. Yes. Um, they are sad about their future. They are despondent even. Um, it, it's very difficult to have uh, structural reforms and, and to say, okay, you know, let's redo it. Let's restart. It's not easy. Or is it impossible? Yeah, it's, it's been hard. I mean, I've been starting this sort of conversation since last year. I mean, the, the, the ones that are willing to talk to me, I go out and talk to them. But the point is, it's really, really hard to find someone that is willing to talk to me as a dab <laughs> So, I mean, that, that's why I think a lot of the different, different like, like um, politicians from different political spectrums need to start talking and maybe pull back a bit on their political views but focusing on how we can start doing this. I mean, at the end of the day, we still need to do it. Why not do it now? All right, some, uh, some emails, lots of emails. Uh, uh, I'll have to edit for length. Uh, Leon says, would China have imposed the national security law in Hong Kong if last year's violence anti-government protests had not occurred? Probably not. In that respect, one could argue the protests not only failed, but directly resulted in an erosion of our freedoms. Conversely, optimists will argue that the protests had of a chain of events that resulted in Britain offering B&O passport holders uh, the prospect of UK citizenship. Uh, even assuming that a large number of Hong Kongers become eligible to live in the UK, the question remains 
whether they are better off staying in Hong Kong, a riot-free, admittedly increasingly Chinese city where the economy should recover in a peaceful post-COVID world or moving to a country whose post-Brexit prospects are shrouded in uncertainty. Drake says before there's an independent inquiry, Professor Ho, that's Ho Lok Sang, is already jumping out to say police brutality is not justified. Why do we have tons of pictures and videos of police targeting the press, pepper spraying them in the face? Uh, wise listeners would understand that not only have the government rejected the claims of police brutality, they also have a bunch of professional lackeys to defend the obvious wrongdoings. Uh, uh, Drake also says Nixie is lying. It was the netizens normalising the violent protests. Uh, DBD gave them nicknames. She conveniently pinned them on her political opponent. This kind of distraction would solve no problem. Uh, Bruce says Hugh has lost control of the programme today. I'm banning you. Uh, Matthew says, although she tries hard to sound like a reasonable middle ground voice uh, with an Aussie accent, uh, Nixie's actually the worst of the worst because she acts like this, but like all pro-Beijing politicians, puts her own career and interest ahead of Hong Kong people. Um, uh, S says, Nixie, if there was only violence from protesters, then why isn't the government going ahead with an independent uh, inquiry? Jay says, we are still blaming the protesters and we're still blaming the police. It all started in the CY Lung era, with governments with brainwashed leaders who will not listen and the fact that Carrie was probably trained by CY Lung and why, again, her government will not listen. Stop blaming the people, stop blaming the police and stop wasting time. We blame Carrie and her government for not connecting with the people for this situation. End of story. Uh, and uh, R says, talking about denying violence by either side is pointless. What happens only proves that violence feeds on itself. As the ones charged with maintaining calm and order in the city have the focus of the police been on de-escalation and maintaining calm, much of what transpired could have taken uh, a different course. That comes uh, from R. Thank you very much indeed for for uh, all those messages. Uh, any more? Okay, here's a couple uh, from uh, Andrew through F, first of all, who says the idea that legislators were there as mediators is laughable, Avery. Ted Hoy might as well wear a T-shirt that says, please just pepper spray me already. I'm the least violent person you could ever hope to meet, but after watching hours of his antics on live streams goading police, I'd happily pepper spray him myself if the police won't. Look at the Twitter feeds of people like Ted and Claudia Moe and tell me with a serious face that pan-democrat legislators are trying to prevent violence and calm things down. These are our taxpayer representatives that have called for revenge on the police, that have called them murderers and rapists. They've totally legitimised violence by young, impressionable people. You've had many people on this show that still won't unequivocally condemn the worst of the violence, such as setting the man on fire, saying only they don't support it or they don't like to see it. Avery, will you finally unequivocally condemn it now this morning? That comes uh, from uh, Andrew F. And uh, Bowen says, Nixie Lamb should bear in mind the importance of concision and discipline when she speaks in a current affairs discussion show. She needs to remember that such occasions are not just opportunities for her to vent her emotions by speaking the way she's chosen to speak so far, she's wasted 70% of her airtime, and it makes for a very unpleasant listening experience for listeners to take into account her command of the English language. That comes uh, from Bowen. Avery, would you finally unequivocally condemn the extreme violence now this morning? Nope. Uh, wait till Carrie Lam uh, start an independent investigation on the whole thing. And by the way, as a pan-Democrats, we do not have any real power. 
It's only Carrie Lam who can actually resolve the issues, and it is only the DOJ can make any prosecutions. Okay, one more comment from Paul Zimmerman. He says, I agree with the listener, Hugh lost control. So Paul Zimmerman is also banned. <laughs> uh, oh, come on. Nixie Lamb, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us, former Chunwan District Council and DAB member. Many thanks to uh, Avering, Chair of the League of Social Democrats, and Jackie Fung, a commentator and uh, think tank uh, researcher. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, back at 8.30 tomorrow, leaving you now with the latest weather information. It's going to be mainly cloudy today with a few showers, isolated thunderstorms at first and sunny intervals in the afternoon. The maximum temperature about 31 degrees. The outlook hot with improving weather in the next few days. 29 degrees at the moment. The relative humidity is at 84%. The Employment Support Scheme provides employers with six months wage subsidy in two tranches. The first tranche accepts applications from May 25th to June 14th, with payment to start before the end of June. The subsidy must be fully used for paying wages. No redundancy should be made. MPF contributing employers and those with occupational retirement schemes are eligible. Self-employed persons with MPF accounts at the end of March may apply for a one-off subsidy. Visit ess.gov.hk for details. 932, the news now with Todd Harding. Trading in shares of Cathay Pacific and its parent company Swire, as well as Air China, have been suspended. The mainland airline is a stakeholder of Cathay. In separate filings to the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, the companies all said trading will be halted with effect from this morning, pending the release of an announcement in relation to inside information of the companies. Beijing is considering measures to boost Hong Kong's financial industry. That's according to Chief Executive Carrie Lam. In a post on her Facebook, Mrs Lam said the measures she's proposed had been well received by Vice Premier Han Zheng and other central authorities. And North Korea has said it will cut a hotline communication link with South Korea. The North Korean state news agency reported the move to end contacts after several days of threats to close an inter-Korean liaison office established two years ago to reduce tensions. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. 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 How are you? Not too bad at all. Good morning. The New York Scottish. Hello. You never face chat with me, Phil. Good morning. He's got the top of Gary type violence. It's a great experience if you just want to get a bit of zing. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Tuesday. I'm Phil Whelan, back with you on The Morning Brew. Well, today, Jared Watt's going to be with us after 10 for this week's Aussie Time. Some great music and latest news. You'll also get to see the most handsome bloke this side of Boundary Road. Dr. Merrin Pierce out and about today. Very special guest with us. It's wildlife photographer Robert Ferguson. Now, do catch us on Facebook Live for this if you can. Morning Brew, as always. Because I've got a ton of his pictures I'm going to put up. Wonderful work indeed. After 12, Maurice Misalowski is going to take us through the evolution of 5G. It's dribbling in. I'm sure we're all getting text messages from our phone companies saying, do you want to try this, that and the other? But apparently at the moment it's only in certain places. Anyway, this carries on from yesterday's piece about the Hong Kong Chinese Orchestra broadcasting a 5G concert on the 13th of this month. 